Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another week here on the Matt LaSalle Show. I'm so pumped. I'm so pumped to be coming back to you guys. Uh, I, I've just... I've hit a new wave of momentum and, and, and a new wave of energy that has taken place that uh, I, I was about to do the same thing. I was about to, to lock you guys in to another week of, of catching notifications. But check me out. See? 1% improvements. No, it was not silenced before we started this week's show. It was silenced right in the beginning. But it was, right. It was you know, a couple seconds in. <laughs> uh, anyway, so what I really wanted to talk about this week was kind of this idea of walking a tightrope. Um, and when, when I say that, I, I'm thinking about all of the actions that are required to keep you balanced in your approach so that you are most successful, so you're able to travel the longest distance across a tightrope, you know, on your own. And it was, interestingly enough, I don't think, I don't think I've ever done that. Like the actual act of, uh, of walking a tightrope. I don't think I've ever actually done it until... A couple, maybe a month ago at this point, um, we went to a kid's birthday party and there was, it was at a a place called Defy, I want to say is the name of it, like Defy Gravity, but it's a trampoline park and it was really cool. Like I've never been to one before. And so this is probably all very uh, normal for all the people that have gone out there and done that, but I've, I've never done it. And so it was really neat. Um, they had a whole, like a, like a line or a lane of American Ninja Warrior stuff, which I used to be into a lot, and I was very, very excited to go try my old broken bones out <laughs> on the course. And you know what? Didn't do, didn't do too badly considering all. Uh, I made it up the uh, the the wall. I forget, like the ramp. It looks like the the quarter tube, if you will. Um, if you've ever seen the show, the one they have to do right at the very end, you already know what I'm talking about. But if you don't, it's like a think of it like a skateboard ramp, like a drop in, or a you know just the, but like a quarter of it that you just have to run up to get to the top and grab and pull yourself up. So I was able to do that, and there, you know they had a bunch of other stuff. They had like really super bouncy trampolines, and they had where you could launch yourself into the pit of you know foam balls. But over on the side, there was like these um i want to say they had like this the i don't know if they were silk but they were like the fabric uh loops that you can kind of put yourself in and swing on and they also had uh they also had a tightrope and i was like what i've never actually done like i've walked beams i've done balanced courses and stuff like that but never actually tried to walk across a rope that was pulled tight that you had to walk across you know or a cable whatever it was and uh and so I had the chance to do it there, and it was just, it was awful. It was a mess. I th- I don't think I ever made it across. I have to d- double check with Yasmin, but <laughs> I don't. I think I made like four or five steps, which was really really big accomplishment because it was like one or two at first, and just immediate dumping off of the side it was pretty pretty epic. But uh, but it was a good time. It was a good time. Um, but I was thinking about this week. Really, what I was thinking about was taking massive action. Right. And, and my, when I get the, the surges that that 
time comes up, which it does every so often where I just get this wave of, of energy when it comes to things that I'm passionate about. And right now it's, it's the training programs and, and it's the, the new, the direction that the Matt and Adam show is going and the direction that this show is going. Um, and, and this new year and just kind of, there's a lot of, I feel a lot of really positive energy right now, uh, of pushing everything across, you know, and it's, and it, it's come to fruition the last couple of days in, in that I've I've take I finally taken outward you know uh, massive action where I'm I've joined a bunch of groups that are for resilience and you know crisscrossing thoughts and and ideas with people there and just kind of uh kind of getting to know the the community that exists online for this because um, interestingly last week Adam and I did a show. Um, we're in the middle of a of a like an introspective goal setting strategy um, that we're doing on the Matt and Adam show, uh, which is that's the name of it. So you can find it there. I'm sure. Uh, but it's um, it's called SWOT. Um, S W O T. Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities. I always get it mixed up. I always want to say obstacles, opportunities, and threats. Obstacles would fall under threats. Um, so. We we tackled the second chapter, and that is weaknesses. Uh, yet, uh, uh, not yesterday, but last was it? It was this week. It was this week um, that we released that one. And so we uh, so so we we and we do fifteen minute cuts, right? We do a fifteen minute show, and it's the idea is that Adam and I can both drone on for hours about the stuff, and we wanted to create a an environment where people could show up and kind of get a bite-sized nugget of, of what some of these really powerful and uh, resilience and grit tools and mechanisms are. And then, so, you know, someone can go there, show up, get it, and then, and then get out and not have to worry about spending an hour with me like we are now, you know, it's <laughs> or longer or less. I don't know. That's the thing about the Matt LaSalle show is we're going to go until we're done. You know, and sometimes that's 35 minutes and sometimes that's an hour and 35 minutes. We'll just we'll, we'll play it out, play it out by ear. This feels like an hour, hour plus kind of a day. We'll see. Um, anyway, so we did, so like I was saying, we did weaknesses and one of my weaknesses, and I was able to talk to Adam about this um, since we did that episode and it was, it's really, I like to rely on myself for everything. I, I, I don't like... When it comes to the production and everything of the show, and uh, and I like I like to be in control of what's going on. I like you know, and and I don't necessarily uh, like engaging on social media isn't really my thing. Like I want to reach out to people there, and I want I want them to to know that they can come here and and hang out with me and you on the show or they can they can join me for the training programs or read articles that I'm writing you know whatever it whatever it may be like I'm I'm all about it I just like the back and forth and the going like I have a really hard time like engaging with that and embracing that kind of uh approach and it's interesting because of the business that I'm in, right? Like that's where uh, that's where presence happens, and that's where we're having this conversation right now. Is probably linked through some sort of social media where you became aware of it, and it's 
and, and it's not it's not as good as it could be, right? Like, I am not as good as I could be. And that's one of the things that I don't, that I dislike. And we've talked about before about, like, you're good enough. And Adam and I talked about that, actually, in Weaknesses, where he's like, you're good enough. Like, you are good enough. And, I'm, and, and my immediate response was, no, you're not. <laughs> you're not good enough. Adam, you're not good enough. I'm not good enough. Nobody's good enough. If we were good enough, you just, you know, you're done. You won life. You won existence in a way that nobody has ever done before, um, because you have nothing left to do. If you're good enough, then then it's it's done. And and it was a it was a provocative point made to uh, to illustrate my point where I and and I and I told him on the spot. I was like I was like, hey, I, I know what you're saying. You're saying that people are good enough to try. I'm making sure that people understand that that is the case by drawing that distinction between our thoughts. Because I I don't, I hate the idea of, of you're good enough. Like, unless you add on that, that tidbit to make sure that it's clear, I think that it can actually be relatively dangerous to a, a stag, an already mostly stagnant nation, you know, where, where we, uh, it's so easy to get stuck in home and, and especially now physically, but to get stuck inside of like your own head and, and, and within your comfort zone and not pushing yourself and to be like, Hey man, you're good enough. Like you are good enough. Like you are providing for your family, the, you know, the roofs over the head, three squares on, on, on the dinner table. Uh, what, what else do you want? You know, like, and you're, you're going to work and it's not something you love, but you know, you're the breadwinner and you know, or not, like it doesn't really matter. The point is, there's always room for growth. Always room for growth, and it's it's not in a way that's, and and so and so that is actually brings us perfectly back into uh, the tightrope conversation, and it's that I want to take massive action to to shore up all of those things for a new endeavor that I'm doing. Right, I, I have the ability to make significantly more money probably like on year on end through the rest of my life if i chose a different route a a safer more secure route guaranteed to make a lot of money over in in this area that i don't i'm not particularly interested in um or i have the ability to make more money over in this other area or make a lot less money over in this other area. And so there's there's inherent risk there. But there's love and there's passion. Um, and so in the pursuit of the love and the passion projects and everything, it's you got to find, you got to balance that tightrope. And, and one of the tightropes that I'm balancing personally right now is the the concept of of taking massive action. I love, I just love that statement. Like take massive action and it's do it on one thing, do it in one vein, in one category, right? So I'm going to look at creating, um, a new training program. Let's say I want to take massive action on it. Okay. Well, let's take, uh, an inventory of everything that I have right now. And that's actually kind of what SWOT analysis does. It's like exactly what it does really is it's, it's everything that you do right before you take massive action. And so you, you evaluate just to give you the brief overview. And if you want the more in depth, uh, 15 minute deep episodes per topic, then hit up the Matt and Adam show. But, uh, the overall, 
Arching Idea SWAT is an acronym. Uh, it is for strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, like like I said earlier. And so you have you're you're taking an inventory of what are your strengths. You know what what do you bring to the table? And this could be anything from soft skills to uh, hard profession professional skills. Uh, so if you're like the difference between being like C certified on computers, I don't even know what that means. I just feel like it's a thing or it was a thing but I don't really know. <laughs> so all you computer gurus out there, I love you and let me know. <laughs> and then we can we can communicate more effectively moving forward. So, uh, but that that's like an example of a, of a hard skill. And now your soft skills are are like your interpersonal communication. Um, are you are you able to you know, public speaking could even technically kind of fall into there, although that gets almost more into like the mixture of, hard and soft, I would actually, thinking about it now, I'd actually place it more along the lines of a hard skill uh, because it's something that can be taught and and done really well if you choose to embrace learning it the way that you would embrace learning any other sort of hard skill. And you're willing to give it the reps, honestly. That's probably more important than anything is, is learning the strategies and then putting the reps in so you actually get a feel of what it's like. Same thing with every other hard skill. And so then, uh, so other soft skills like leadership, uh, charisma, you know, things like that. Like, do you do you have those types of things? And, and leadership doesn't have to be synonymous with charisma, right? Like, you don't have to be the rah-rah, let's go get them leader. You know, you got to be the guy that's, you could just lead by example without even being in a position of leadership. You're on a team, you're working on a project, uh, you're, 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 working at a at a bar and you know like shop closes at this time and and you got to clean up by this time and and like the actions that you choose to do will will reverberate through other people now will everyone do what you're doing no but does it set the right tone does it set the right uh uh feel for who you are you know, like I'm going to stay here. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wash every single dish and I'm going to do it the right way from the first one that I do to the last one that I do. And when I'm done, I'm done. You know, if it ends up being five in the morning because I'm washing the the beer mugs, then, you know, so be it. If I if it's if it's, you know, working on a project in an office, like, am I am I going to come up with an idea for the direction we could go with the presentation? Maybe. You can, you absolutely can uh, suggest it. A part of your actions thereafter would be, you know, what is your response when you get shot down? And how do you participate? How do you, how well do you follow, right? And, and so your following skills can actually be a form of leadership because you're showing that, while maybe you're even in a position of somewhat authority or seniority as opposed to some of the other members but you're not leading the team you're uh, for the people that are in the office like you know the people that work around people like you know this there's there's within the formal hierarchy of the power structure of an organization of, of authority where you know you have worker you have supervisor you have manager you have executive you know whatever you know all of that stuff and whatever you want to call in between. So, but you, you look, you take that first group of workers, right? And then you have a supervisor above them. Well, if a supervisor is, is getting ready to like do a, I don't know, a, 
a training session with the group of workers for, you know, the one day a month that they do that. There is an unspoken hierarchy of of power, if you will, that resides within the worker. I would say class, but like I don't want you to get confused. Uh, within the worker group of individuals that are showing up. And this may be ascertained by intelligence. It's probably more so by... by cult of personality, by strength of personality, by charisma. Um, those That's the type of person that would typically be kind of uh, leading like kind of like the thought movement of that group, right? Not in big significant ways, just kind of like when you're together at work and you're like, oh yeah, that guy makes sense, you know, and he's, he's he likes to get up and, and talk or whatever and he's, you know, that you in that role can serve as a position of leadership by example and how you choose to engage with the training. And so even... If it's something that you're not particularly motivated about, you know, like if or interested in, if it's if you treat it with a level of importance, then then the other people will be like, oh, well, the guy who's, you know, kind of no one's thinking this thing. Right. They're like, but they're just instinctively if that if that guy's goofing around or that gal's goofing around, the other people are going to goof around and not take it so seriously, too, because it's all about that social binding, bringing everyone together. Um, and so if they, but if you choose to take it seriously and actually like participate, people will start to mirror, you know, if very unlikely, will there be a, a contrast kind of against it? And that can actually build a lot of cohesion and, and kind of camaraderie within the ranks. And so it's like, it's almost more important when it comes to that kind of buy-in that it happens within that, that subsect hierarchy the unspoken power that exists within a within a group rather than than just from above i think both are necessary right you have to like lay down the structure like this is what's important i think i think about uh the way that the army did um sharp training right you gotta have people you have to have the structure saying no we don't accept sexual harassment or sexual assault and we will prosecute and, and and punish people who violate what we say is right and then it's that's important you have to have that but when it ends there then it's not really that effective and and you see things happen like if you if you're familiar at all with military situations and and the the current news and status of everything you'll kind of know some stuff that happened recently a big picture at a particular installation in the south (laughs) but uh i'm some big some big changes just happened and it, it it's as a result of like you from the higher up structure you have to make really difficult decisions that will signal the fact that you take this stuff seriously and so they had to do that i'm not saying that they didn't want to i don't really care the thing is like from that from that position there's only so much you can do and and one of the things you have to do there is signal that you care like this is not acceptable behavior these are not acceptable outcomes or processes so we're removing the leadership but if you don't have that substructural influence on it then you're not going to have that kind of impact that you're going to want to see systemically and structurally within the organization. Now, all of that is about your strengths. Right? <laughs> Getting back, zooming back out and looking at this again. 
and, and getting back to kind of the tightrope things. You know, so you do that with your strengths. You figure out where your strengths are and where you can leverage them. You look at weaknesses, you do the same thing, except now it's kind of about, um, I just wrote an article called Flashlight Focus, and it's about how you get so narrowly focused on one thing. Um, and, and when you can get, when you acknowledge that that's the case, when your focus only goes to one thing, it can't be on two things. You, if you start thinking about, like right now, if I started thinking about uh, getting a brand new Corvette that I, you know, I, I don't know, if I was thinking about whatever, it doesn't matter. Like I try, start, I try to start thinking about that while I'm having this conversation. It's not, it's not going to work. Like at first, it's going to start detracting from what I'm saying. And then it's going to like stop me almost dead in my tracks. It's like, I can't think about my left foot and my right shoulder, right? At the same time, I can like go back and forth really quick. But if I really focus in and I can feel kind of the way that the fabric is like stretched across uh, my ankle from my sock, um, or if I, I, you know, can feel it on my shirt and, and the way that it moves when I, when I move my, my upper body around, then I'm like, you know, okay, I can focus on that. Okay. But now I can focus on my foot. Okay, now I can focus on my shoulder. It's this narrowing, the acknowledgement of the narrowing of systems uh, of focus that that we discuss or that I brought light to in, in that article that I wrote. And it's it's the point of it being that you need to focus on what matters most. And in order to do that, you have to kind of reverse engineer the process. You have to start with the outcome. Like, what do you want? What doesn't exist right now in your life that you want to exist? Okay, you want to work for yourself. You want to run your own business. Okay, well, let's break that down in the 50 different categories that it's going to be. But we got to focus on one. You know, we got to focus on one thing right now because that's all we can focus on. So I need to I need to make the list of the things that I'm going to place that flashlight sized beam of light focus on. And when I do that, then then it's easier to extract the weaknesses from there rather than starting at a place of like, well, I have all these weaknesses and I'm really not that disciplined and I don't like working out and fat chocolatey food is way better than healthy food. Um, rather than just going through this list of random weaknesses, uh, you want to focus on what's going to impede you from accomplishing this next thing, right? Is there a particular weakness that's going to be the obstacle that I need to focus on overcoming in order to accomplish step one? You know, if not, then cool, execute. If so, then, you know, be ready to sidestep it. Put the appropriate borders or, or, or implement the proper processes to make sure that you actually avoid that thing um, or that it's not an issue or that that you you if you if necessary to me this is like the last course of action which is the first one that people talk about when they come to like resilience and like be better is work on your weaknesses like no <laughs> not unless you have to if you don't have to learn to public speak to to accomplish your goal like if you want to start that business, you don't need to public speak really well. Like maybe, maybe you're awful at it, and maybe that doesn't matter. <laughs> like it's, that's fine. Well, maybe that's something that matters down the road. But right now, I, I can create this amazing product. I know how to write sales copy. I know how to market. Um, I already have a bunch of list of buyers waiting for me. Like I don't need to 
do this part of it? Like, why am I, why would I sit there and focus on getting really good at public speaking when that doesn't impact my ability to make the move today, right? That's, that's kind of, and I'm not saying that you can't plan for the future. Absolutely do that, but do it in a way that's relevant. Like if it's, if public speaking, you know, three or four steps from now, it's going to be really important. Maybe we lay the structure now. Maybe we look at the, okay, let me pick up a couple of, you know, 75 page books on impromptu speaking, on storytelling, on public speaking itself, you know, how to start public speaking, how to close public speaking. And you just, you add these little tiny books, these little tiny excerpts or whatever, and you just read one of those a night, you know, but, but that's the thing is that's where you're focused on at that time. Nothing else during that time has got your focus and only do that if it's relevant eventually in the steps, you know, but really place your focus on the things that move the needle now. Then you go to to opportunities, right? And so you once you acknowledge your strengths and weaknesses, then you can really start to assess opportunities and figure out what you can say yes to and what you can say no to. And, and because saying no is probably, I think James Clear, the author of Atomic Habits, I think he's the person who said this where I saw it. I don't know if it's an original quote, but this is where I saw it. He said um, his biggest, what was it? The biggest time-saving tool or the biggest, one of the most significant tools that he had at his disposal was the ability to say no. Right? Like, that's, that's pretty cool. It's And it's so simple. It's not that easy, but it's simple. And so... So it's I I love that idea. I think that it's I think that it's great advice. Um but that's that's one of the important things you have to take into consideration with opportunities. It's not just being able you want to be able to acknowledge the opportunities that exist there. Your your focus on the work that you've done will bring to light people. Like you're gonna come across people, you're gonna come across events, and these things are gonna you're gonna start identifying like that's an opportunity. That's an opportunity. And it not in some sort of like a uh, transactional opportunity, like that's a great opportunity to meet people, to 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 get my face out there to this community, and to show them that I can bring value. You know, like that's not transactional. That's that's looking at opportunities for you through finding a way to help others. And then we go to threats, right? And so then you're looking at the things that kind of stand between you and success. Uh, and these are not and as opposed to weaknesses, those are you-specific. Threats can be logistical. They can be all you know, uh, financial. They can be uh, whatever, uh, structural, systematic. They can be the things that stand in the way. Um, so between you and you and success, or the things that could come in and and, and knock you off uh, of your path of progress. And so you want to. So you want to. You know. Take an inventory of those. The ones that you, like, there are ones out there that you know exist, and there are ones that you don't know, and that's that's okay. Like, you can't spend all day trying to manufacture things that might could possibly happen wrong. You know, like that's that's not a productive use of our time. But but not acknowledging the obvious ones that are there or in a community. Like, if you're trying to work with uh, exporting goods, you know, it's really important, like, to understand. Uh, going through customs and visas and 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 how to travel and you know and it's that's not erroneous that's not excessive that's those are part of the threats those are part of the obstacles that you know that you're going to have to overcome in order to to get your things to cross country lines to cross borders country lines <laughs> so um 
so yeah, that, that's that's SWAT, right? And so that's that's the analysis that you do before you take massive action. And now, now you have all of this 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 work that you had done, and and all of that can happen. Like SWAT analysis can happen in like an hour. So like we we went through all of this and we spoke about each one of them, and, and like you're like, oh my gosh, it's like a lot. Like not really. Like it doesn't it doesn't have to be that big or or cinematic of an event. You know, it's just gotta be a thing that's done. Spend about an hour. And just do it, and just just make uh make your sheet of of strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Um, Adam has added on a bonus one at the end of of our show. So there's there's a there's a bonus there's some bonus content out there that's coming several weeks away because <laughs> we're not there yet. It's another T. There is your there is your hint. There's your clue. But the the thing that I wanted to get to was now you take massive action, right? My problem, and I think the problem of many entrepreneurs is that we get wrapped up in these in these bouts of momentum and we we want to crush through walls when we have all of this feeling of energy and, and, and we're ready to go take on the world because what we have to offer is like no other. <laughs> so we're ready. Uh, but... We, we don't plan for when that fades, right? And so like that's that's getting back. I'm telling you, none of this was accidental. This is what we do here. We bring it full circle. So this is the walking the tightrope. So you want to take the massive action. And that's kind of like the weight on your right arm, you know, going down. And you're like, oh, I want to take this massive action. And you're like, but if I take it too hard... And I don't prepare myself. And I'm not, I'm not aware of the fact that... that doing all of this over this way is going to tip me over, then it's going to tip me over. But if I keep in mind, I'm like, no, I, I know I have to have systems, right? Like I have to have a structure in place. And, and this is kind of getting more about how I deal with myself. Right? And so the, if, as the shoe fits, wear it, but understand conceptually what we're getting at here. I need to keep in mind that I know that that momentum, that feeling of of bursting through the walls like the Hulk, you know, uh, is not perpetual. It's not everlasting. It's it, it it comes and goes, and it's great to have those, and it's and it's great. It's even better to have those when you have some sort of a structured focus that that or structured system that enables the habits that can really feed that type of energy forward. It, it's not. You don't build the systems to to curb those. You build it to harness. And so you can project that energy forward in a way that is most useful for you in achieving the outcome. Because again, it's all about outcomes. It's all about the end state. It's not like, yes, we love the process. Yes, life is a journey and it is all about the journey. And that's that's the case for everything. Like at the end of it, there's no point in your business, in this case is what we're discussing, there's no point in your business where you're like, I did it. Like mission complete. That is like you want to continue to to help people and and help as many people as you can uh, in the most effective way possible. And so maybe and maybe over time those things change and they should change as you change and as you as you grow and you develop and you mature in your industry. Those things you should be you should be reevaluating. You know, but they, but then again, that's the tightrope. You don't want to be 
over-evaluating all the time. You want, you want the, again, you have this balance. You want to keep in mind that you're like, yes, I don't want to, I don't want to do things that are dumb and I don't want to do things that are, that will hurt the business. And so I want to make sure that I'm looking at what I'm doing and to make sure that it's not foolish. And so how frequently should I look is kind of the idea. And, and there's a lot of different perspectives on the right or wrong way or the right amount of time to do this in. And I think really it's uh, one of the most useful ones that I've seen is, is 90 days, right? 90 days gives you enough time to really implement to like you, you sit down with your team or if you're me, you sit down by yourself and you have these meetings because <laughs> this is, this is how we do when we start. Uh, so, but um, the point is that you sit down and you figure out like over the next year, what is it that you want to do? What do you want to accomplish over that next year? And after you figure out your kind of priorities, your kind of main focus, then you can start to break that down and, and you can try to put some thought and, and reasonably deduce what kind of order these things should go in. And so you can say, well, these are the things we need to focus on in the first part when we first start engaging in this uh let's let's figure out how we want to attack that and when we should reassess so you say okay well let's let's do um x thing five times a day and let's do y thing once a week and maybe we'll do like z thing uh monthly or you know every other week you know whatever it's you're, you're setting up systems, right? You're setting up frameworks. And it's it's all so that when you hit the end of this 90-day period, then you, can, you have your check on system, right? And so having this framework, right? All of those kind of the details and the minutiae that don't really matter. You can cut it up however you want. But the key thing is that when you are... When you're trying to start, when you're trying to start, you like paying attention to who you are, right? If you're trying to start trying to harness the energy that comes in the in the let's go get it stages, uh, where you're ready to take on the world, you know, you you have to start there you have to start with who you are and so you start with okay i know that i get these things like for me i know that this happens i know that i get this way (laughs) and so we have to uh we have to account for that but we have to we and and so like i said that's about harnessing that's about bringing it together and the other side is when you when you're down and you don't have all that momentum and you find you feel like things just kind of aren't going the right way like maybe they're not even going poorly maybe it's uh you're, you're not hitting the high level of expectations that you had set out for yourself um and, and just these little things kind of keep bugging you you know this way and that way the uh what this does what this structure does is it gives you a reference point it gives you kind of a way to nug through the hard times like okay well if i just if i just do what i'm supposed to be doing 
and I don't stop doing that. And we do that at a minimum, right? We're, and like, and when, when we're on top of the world, we're doing those things, we're staying within the structure, but we're also doing everything else that we want to do, all of the extra energy, whatever, you know, if you're, I know there are times when I'm, I'm ready to work for like 18, 20 hours a day, if it's if it's during one of those crazy let's go get them times now that's great you can add that extra time is but when when you're not feeling it and you're having a hard time just doing the things that are required like but you you have the things laid out that are required and you and it's clear i will do x thing five times a day you know like this is gonna happen i'm gonna sit down i'm gonna do it and because that checks the box on the list then those kind of help build the, the momentum potentially to be able to come back. Like, oh, I'm getting the little wins. I'm doing the little things. And and, and it's it, it's a useful way, having that structure as a way to harness that power of the go get them times and, and to save yourself from falling down in the, in the trenches when things aren't going exactly right. And that is, like, so in that example, that system, that structure would be kind of that beam that you might see the, the, people using on tight ropes when they lean at one side or the other like okay well i'm feeling a little out of sync i need to i need to lean on the structure this way oh now i'm really want to go get it and i want to go do all of these things like oh well you can do those things but you can't forget about the structure right as long as those things get done too go nuts you know but you gotta get these things done you have to stay consistent um i think that that's that's kind of the point right that's 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 the whole thing and and it's the same with, this is, the tightrope conversation kind of undergirds the reason why this show exists, why I wanted to, to have a show. And it wasn't, it's not to hit surface level ideas. It's not to go really generalized and, and to make a lot of people feel really good, right? It's, it's. It's supposed to be more nuanced than that. That's and that is the tightrope. Like you can't just say if everybody just does this thing or acts this way, then we'll be better. You know, like it just it doesn't work that way. You can't lay things out. You can't use that broad of a brush to try to stroke the world with with whatever color and design you want. Like it doesn't it's a really low resolution way to try to have a conversation, but almost more importantly, it's a really low resolution way to try to, to try to manage the world that's around you, man. Like you can't, you can't handle it that way. It's just, you're setting yourself up for failure at the end of it, you know, is really what it comes down to. And so if you, if you find yourself doing that, if you find yourself saying, referring to a general group of people uh in a certain way that they think a certain thing or they they feel a certain way like maybe we just pump the brakes like maybe we just get a little let's let's be willing to get a little bit nuanced right and that's it's so relevant for for any type of serious conversation that we're gonna have and and those are the types of conversations that that we need to have and i think it's most important that we start to have them with ourselves right now I uh, I really really love uh, this story or this analogy, if you will, that I heard about about these types of serious conversations that you have with yourself, and it was it's something to the effect of you have to go, 
you have to be willing to go dive into the deepest, darkest, and scariest cave in your mind. And the reason that it's scary isn't isn't because you don't know what's there. It's because you kind of do know what's there. And you, to a certain extent, you're kind of latched onto it. And, and it's, it's something that def- you've allowed to define you in a certain way. And going back, you don't really know. The fear kind of comes with you don't know what's going to happen when you wrangle with whatever's down there, right? And so you you have to be ready, but at the same time, you have to acknowledge that you're never going to be ready. And it's going to be difficult, right? It's going to be you fighting with your thoughts of who you are. And it's it's it gets real heady, but in it and it's from uh Dr. Jordan Peterson. He was the one where, where it came from. But it's it, it made me just think about nuance, right? And and how you're you're battling with it. And and if you're gonna have serious conversations that require serious solutions. And when I say serious, I don't mean like like this is an existential threat. Like I mean serious, like you're life depends on it and your future depends and I, and I don't mean someone's going to come and, and off you if you don't if you, if you don't start thinking this about these things but you're 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 robbing your future self of all of the things that you could have and all of the different experiences that you could be having if you're not willing to explore who you really are and and to figure out what your purpose is in the world, I think that everyone can can find purpose, and they and they can they can pick it up. You know, they can pick something up to pursue something that's bigger than they are, where they feel like they're contributing positively to to mankind and the world. And it's 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 a calling for all of us, you know. And that's the a huge re- reason why I do this show. It's because it, it matters to me that I'm able to use my knowledge and my experience and my soft skills uh, and my and my hard skills and, you know, in, in a way that benefits as many people as possible while increasing my own quality of living, right? You don't want to be doing it at your own expense, you know? That's, that's not beneficial either. <laughs> so... So it's, um, yeah, I think that it's just, it's important to have those conversations, you know, because really those, those kinds of conversations that you're going to have with yourself and, and, you know, about your future and you're going to have with others about your future and about the decisions that you're going to make is those, those really help prepare you, um, for all, all of the different potentialities and just kind of the mental toughness that's required to kind of work through some of this stuff. Um, especially, especially when we're talking about walking the tightrope, you know, and when you're, when you're trying to keep balance in in this chaotic world and, and the world is like inside of, okay, I'm, I might be like 
pushing this on to all of y'all, but for me, the world that happens inside my mind is far more chaotic most of the time than what's happening out in the world around me, which I don't think was always the case. I think that frequently it was, and, and through well over the majority of, of mankind, it was probably the opposite. So just, I'm really grateful that that can be the case now. But, so, so this, this just reminded me, this made me think of like first world problems. I'm like, it's such a first world problem to have your mind be a more chaotic place than the world around you. And, and the, my first world problem that I always think of when I think of first world problems is, uh, where the cord from the, the wall charger doesn't reach to the bed. So you can't have your, you know, computer that's stronger than the, the computers that sent a spaceship to the moon <laughs> from NASA, uh, in your hand. I can't, I can't have it charging. It doesn't reach my bed. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I love that one. I love it. I think about it every time I grab the charger at night at bed. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, no, it's, um, the problem of, of, you know, the chaos in my mind. So it's the same thing as the phone charger in the sense that that's, it may be a first world pro. Okay. It is assuredly a first world problem. However, it's still a problem. It's still a pain that can be solved, right? I get like, there's, there's still an issue. I can, I need a longer cord. Right, whether you want to value that problem, wherever you want to value it, it's still a problem, and so that's the way that I think about like my mind. That like, yeah, I'm blessed, and you could sit back and say, and I and and I am grateful for the fact that that this can be the case, that my mind can be a more hectic place than than the world is, but it's still something to contend with. It's still a very real thing, and so if you're the type of person who's like me. Who, who acknowledges that the world is pretty gosh darn good around him, but but you you see that there's room for growth for yourself, you know, and 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 the biggest obstacle between you and that future version of yourself is is in your head, in your mind, the things that you put there, the value that you place on things, and so having keeping in mind the tightrope and being willing to be nuanced with the conversation about the details where the details matter right that's 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 what i've really wanted to talk about this week you know and and, and striking that balance you know not not running off the hill with a hang glider you know <laughs> because you're so pumped and you're ready to just take off and cruise into the world but realize that your trip is actually 2,000 miles away, like your destination. And there's no possible way. I, I'm, I don't, I don't think, I don't really don't know anything about inclators. Maybe they can go that far, but I don't think so. Right. So, uh, and, and, but it's, so you're, you want to take off there, but you take off and you eventually come down and land on the ground and you're, you don't have a backpack full of food. You don't have a way to communicate with somebody. You don't have transportation waiting for you there that you could take off in to continue down the path, right? Like you just, you leaned all the way over and fell off your tightrope to, to one side, uh, disregarding the other. And so you have to, you have to, be aware of these things, you know, everything's not black and white. The thing that I'm really interested 
and that I will be probably cutting a video on here within the next couple of days is uh, is getting nuanced about tox like toxicity, toxic people, uh, difficult people, those people in your life, uh, and, and especially in this time of year when we spend so much time thinking about resolutions and we think about the ways that we can solve them our problems and and one of the things that you see is i'm cutting all these toxic people out of my life and you see it like i i see it all the time i just i just write it somewhere it was uh oh what did the post say oh if the if the if your corner isn't clapping as for you as if your if your corner isn't clapping the hardest for you or if somebody else's corner is clapping louder for you then you need to reconsider your friends it's basically you need to re you need to rethink your corners uh it was was the basic idea and so uh it's a common thought for this time of year and i really i wanted adam messer uh my co-host on the matt and adam show actually brought the idea up he was very interested in in my thoughts and he thought that there would be a lot of value from it so i'm gonna i'm gonna take him up on it and uh, and I'm gonna put it out there. It'll probably be a like a bonus kind of a video, and it's it's not gonna be an episode. I'm not gonna bring it onto the show, but uh, but I am going to uh, I'll cut I'll cut something on it. I'll cut a little special on it, and it's just about you know not not focusing on managing difficult relationships and not about cutting people off. Um, but really having the conversation, like getting in deep and having that nuanced conversation about toxic people in your life. Because it's not always as easy as just cut the cord. If it was, it probably wouldn't be something that we wait around until New Year's to not do. <laughs> so so we're, we're, you'll get my thoughts on it. You know, I'll put it out there and you guys can check it out and let me know what you think. But um, until next time, you guys, I think the next time that we're going to talk is going to be after freaking Christmas. So that's awesome. <laughs> like, Merry Christmas. Uh, Happy New Year. I should I should be cutting one uh, the weekend right before New Year's. So um, you're the, the time right before New Year's. So so there'll, there'll be another one coming out for sure. I just uh, I wanted to wish you guys, you know, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Whatever it is that you all do. I don't I don't care um but enjoy it i'm getting the kids up here we're uh we're gonna take a little little family vacay and um all together here and so i'm i'm looking forward to it I think it's gonna be a great time and uh and i hope you guys have something special planned too and and you don't let uh don't let the thoughts and opinions of others and influence what you want to do too much you know you do what's right for you and your family i love and appreciate all of you guys and i will see you here again next week for another episode on the Matt Lestalia show